Hello, welcome to the Hat Trick. I'm Jordan Dyler Coltman. I am here this week with Braden and Elliot. Elliot and Braden, welcome back. We took a week off last week. It's kind of the summer, you know. I think you only have to work half the time in the summer. So we've only been doing kind of every other week or every fourth week or every third week or whatever we feel like. So it's been a pretty lazy, pretty relaxed summer, but that's okay. We're getting into the swing of things. Obviously, the NFL season kicking off next week. Lots of news and things to talk about. We've got uh, golf we're going to talk about this week, which is very summery. And then pretty soon, not too far from now, hockey's going to start taking up a lot of the show. So we know that's coming. I know Braden is just so excited to talk about the Oilers. There is absolutely nothing to talk about the Oilers right now. We're waiting because Elliot's favorite new... segment will be coming no, back this Jordan, year. There's so much to talk about the Oilers. What are you talking about? There's so much to talk about the Oilers. They've got right, a brand right. new official apparel store downtown Edmonton. Whoa, 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 it's like walking whoa, whoa, whoa. into heaven. We can't give out free advertising here. <laughs> they want to sponsor the show. They can sponsor this the logo. Show. I, I told the guy advertising. working there. I was like, I can't get enough of this logo. It's everywhere in that in that right, store. Right. It's fantastic. All right. <laughs> You can you can run your free advertisements on some other show. We don't do that here. If the Ice District apparel shop wants to endorse us, they can do that. Uh, when we get there, we'll get there. We're going to have a return of Elliot's favorite segment of all time when we break down all of the retro jerseys, the reverse retro jerseys, so uh, which was, I think, the first episode Elliot ever came on this version of this show. So that was a lot of fun. Anyway, look at that's all coming down the road. Let's get to what we're dealing with right now. Here's topic one. Okay, so as I mentioned, uh, we're getting through the end part of the summer, and there's golf to talk about. We're rounding down near the end of the golf season. In fact, we already now know who has won the FedEx Cup. It is Rory McIlroy. He won the PGA Championship this weekend, and in doing so, secured enough points to win the FedEx Cup as well. It's been a big year for Rory. Um, Obviously, he's become kind of the poster child for the resistance to the live golf tour uh, on behalf of the PGA tour. He's in many ways become, I think the most, um, I don't know, just talked about or sort of most uh, um, forefront of the, of the PGA side of this sort of war that we're seeing, you know, uh, I wanted to lead with this question. and I'll, I'll, I'll t- take it to Elliot first. Elliot, do you think at this point, Rory has sort of positioned himself? Is he the most sort of influential person right now in golf? Uh, yeah, f- f- far and away. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of this year. Uh, and, you know, there's always Tiger and, and there's the Tiger spectacle that goes into any event that he plays. Um, but the, the stewardship that he's done on behalf of the tour, the hardline stance that he's had, coupled with the success that he's had this year, lots of, you know, close finishes, obviously winning today. Uh, it goes to show you that he is right now, all eyes and ears are on him. And he is the spokesperson for the tour and for the players on the tour. And, uh, and it sort of permeates everything he does. Like his final quote at the trophy uh, presentation, I believe in this the game of golf. I believe in this tour in particular. I believe in the players in this tour. It's the greatest place in the world to play golf, bar none, and I've played all over. I mean, that's well he's getting handed a check for $18 million and being crowned the best player in golf right now. Uh, it's clear that, uh, you know, he is, he is the be-all and end-all of the PGA Tour right now. So, Braden, they also we we saw a week or two ago now um, the PGA had the PGA players had a sort of secret meeting where they discussed sort of what was next for the PGA Tour, how to save the PGA Tour from sort of the I don't know the 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 all of the unnecessary let's call it drama surrounding the Saudi Golf Tour and the Live Golf Tour that's become obviously all encompassing in terms of golf's discussion this year. We saw Tiger getting off a plane with TMZ following him to go to this private meeting that he and Rory led. We found out a few days after that 
Rory and Tiger are going to introduce a stadium golf tournament, sort of TV made for TV event series. That's going to happen next year with big prizes where golfers are going to come in and some of it will be done on simulator. And then there'll be some courses set up around a stadium so that, and I don't know if this is like, they're going to go play Dallas Cowboys stadium, or they're going to build a stadium for that. This sort of seems to be left, but there's going to be a few what? of these tournaments next year. That's going to be about trying to make the PGA tour a little bit more sexy. And then the second part of this news this week was this PGA tour itself coming out and announcing what has kind of become their retort to lives golf. Uh, and in the style of, of sort of saying, we're going to have these big money events, the players who are currently PGA uh, as biggest players have all committed to playing more tournaments throughout the year. Uh, they're going to play all the majors. They're going to play, I think it was something like up to 10 tournaments guaranteed they're, The purses will get a little bit bigger. They're clearly trying to fight back. I guess the question is this, do you think that Rory and what we've seen from tiger or what we're now seeing from the PGA, is this going to be enough to sort of stop the momentum that we saw live getting Obviously, Liv still doesn't have like a TV deal in the States, but it's certainly been generating a lot of news and buzz. Can the PGA and Rory specifically do enough here to sort of turn this around, do you think? Is this, is, is this enough of a response, I guess I would say, to sort of the fireworks we saw from the entrance into the world of sports from Liv oh Golf? Oh, gosh. That's a huge question. I don't really know. I think the... I think the PGA is certainly suffering by way of having pretty much all of the, you know, a good majority of the strong players, uh, golf players playing in this competitive league. Um, so uh, it's hard. It's hard to see a, a full league, you know, like it's like imagine Connor left to the K and, and Leon and all the players that we really love watching leave this tournament now you're left with rory who's a great golfer but he's you know he's in a field of golfers we don't know and maybe that's the new part of where the pga will go is there's a brand new generation of athletes that gets on board i don't know about the it seems like when you describe it this is the first i'm hearing about this these new events bigger cash prizes what we've learned from this live experience is that golfers really just want to make a bunch of money i mean i think that's across the board professional athletes that seems to be if you've got that talent that's what you want to do but it seems a bit like a circus like i don't know if it's if it's going to work the way that an all-star um event happens in other leagues if that kind of you know you've got some celebrity and some some press around that that would make it fun uh or if it just becomes too gimmicky i don't know how that's going to impact the the league moving forward but i i they have to absolutely have to try something they have to swing at something for lack of a better word yeah so let me let me just we're we're, we're gonna move this along because obviously we don't know yet what how this is gonna play out but elliot i guess i when i led with is rory the biggest name in golf i guess the question i'll pose to you is this do you think that um now that kind of the dust has settled on the big introduction of of live and now sort of the pga's first response to this do you think that the heat will come down a little bit in this like this sort of conflict between these two or do you think this is still we're still just in the prelude to what this is really going to turn into you know it's a difficult question to answer part of my mind says like no um that there's there's still more shoes to drop in this and part of me feels like oh i think this is the beginning and the end i mean you mentioned there's no tv deal in the states if people can't watch the, the 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 sport 
then people aren't engaged in it. That's just how it is. And Liv is at a severe disadvantage because of that over the tour. I think the tour got caught with their pants down when Liv you know, was announced and that became a challenge for them. And it certainly had made them have to reassess. But I think their response has been really good. And I think after the chaos of Phil Mickelson and everything at the beginning of the year, you know, Liv's profile has has really dropped. And, and I think the statement of, uh, well, it's not the best players in the world, have really started to sway people. So is it going to get more heated and more feisty? Maybe, but I, I, I think my if I was going to make a prediction here, it's that I, I think that Liv is in trouble. I don't think it's, and I think, you know, organizations do crazy things when they're failing. Uh, and so maybe that leads to some heated conversations or things that emerge, or uh, you, you saw some of the players file antitrust suits against the PGA this year, Lyft players for them. Um, so maybe things get might get fiery, but I'm starting to think that this might be the beginning, be the beginning of the end of Lyft. The tour has survived and, uh, and continues to fight on. All right. Well, I think for now, let's leave it there. We've got lots more to see how this plays out. But I think as as both of you pointed out, this feels very much like, I don't know, just another chapter in what is going to continue to evolve. But big congratulations to Rory McIlroy, wins the FedEx Cup, wins the PGA Championship, and has really had like one of those years where he yeah, has there's barely really any competition around him. No, I don't like, think that's fair. I mean, he's still competing against guys like Zelatoris and guys like Scheffler, and he's competing against okay. some really, really good golfers. Yeah. I was, yeah. When I saw so just Cameron maybe Smith not the big fancy over, glitzy glammy like, names, cool. and that's a big part of yeah. it, right? Yeah. The truth is, he's playing well, and also like the other thing I would say, just to finish this, is it's like it it takes a lot for a guy who came into the world of golf as like the next tiger, one of many, but was one of those guys that got a lot of that kind of buzz. Oh, this is the future of golf. And Hey, you know, he came out really hot and had some big wins and won some majors. And then he struggled and he's had some down parts and and to his career, but he comes out this year. And obviously right as live is launching, he's at Canada and he, he announces that, you know, he's staying with the PGA tour and he, he makes a very bold and very, a public defense of, of the PGA tour. And then he goes and wins that tournament that weekend. And then he goes and wins multiple tournaments this season. And now he's won the FedEx cup, which is, you know, as much as it's really not as exciting or much as prestigious as the masters or the open or any of these other things, it is considered the biggest trophy to win in PGA tour, right? It's their championship (laughs) and there's a lot of money attached, but for a guy who has put himself at the forefront of this fight on behalf of the PGA tour, for him to also be backing that up with results, I think is really important. And, And I think that that's the story for me. So anyway, let's leave it there. That's, that's topic one. Topic two this week is brought to us by Busy Bee Vegan Skincare. Busy Bee is an all-natural skincare line dedicated to healthy, vegan, plant-based skincare and overall wellness. They offer a selection of handcrafted body scrubs, butters, and washes that not only make your skin glow, but smell amazing. Their unique all-natural scents include gingerbread, ruby grapefruit, caramel cake, and morning latte. So why not treat your skin to something fresh and all-natural? Head over to shopbusybevegan.com today. And as a special bonus, Busy Bee is offering listeners of this podcast a 15% discount on your first order with the code ORDINARYPODCASTS. Uh, topic two is a weird one. Neither of these guys have been prepped for this. I kind of like sometimes throwing uh, curveballs at them because I think that it, I don't know, it's just kind of fun to see where your imaginations go the first time you're, you're introduced to an idea. So here's the thing. Calgary Flame player Nazem Kadri who's really a Stanley Cup winner with the Colorado Avalanche, took the Stanley Cup this week, a weekend on his day with the cup, 
to a mosque uh, in London, Ontario. And it's the first time that the Stanley Cup has apparently ever been inside a mosque, which is very cool and obviously a big thing. And Nazem Kadri has carried with him a lot of baggage and a lot of um, struggle throughout his career. Obviously, a lot of racism he faced growing up, a lot of issues he's overcome. Um, personally, he faced a lot of adversity being in Toronto. Moving on has found huge success, but as you recall, obviously took a lot of heat in the playoffs themselves unfairly in many ways from fans who posted a lot of really racist things. This is a guy who's worked through a lot of things, including an injury to get to be even to be able to play in the final. So, you know, love him or hate him, like him or not, whether you're a fan or of not of Nazem Kadri, I, this is earlier than hats off, but I tipped my hat this weekend to him because I thought it was really cool that he made a point of taking the Stanley cup somewhere that was really important to him. In honor of that, I wanted to pose this question to either of you. If you were to have won a Stanley Cup and you got your day with the cup, what would you do with it? So let's, again, no prep time to think about this. I get that. So I'll go first to give you guys an extra second to think about it, right? But like, what's the weirdest or most like out there thing you would do with the Stanley Cup? What would you eat out of it or what any of those kind of things? Obviously, like lots of these things have happened. People have had cereal out of it. People have had ice cream out of it. You know, it's been dropped. It's been whatever. For me, I think that I I would want to do something with it that's like, you know, important and like meaningful. Take it to my family, have people be able to like come and celebrate with it. But I want to do like something memorable with it. So I was like, I was I was wondering, and I don't know if this has ever happened, but like, has anyone skydived with the Stanley Cup? Because I think that'd be really cool. You'd need like a oh, professional oh, skydiving right team to go with ice. you so that you're not dropping the most, you know, iconic trophy in North American sport from, you know, 30,000 feet straight into, you know, it's been dropped before, but not quite from that height. So that I think might be the thing for me. I don't know if the uh, keepers of the cup in the Hall of Fame would go for it, but I think I'd try for something like that. I don't have something quite as like meaningful or symbolic as Nazem Kadri. So for me, it would be more like I'd want to do something that would get a little bit of attention but I think would also be kind of memorable. Braden, let's go to you first. If you won the Stanley Cup, what would you do with it? Well, I would. Th- I think you already said it, but I just think I would probably want to eat out of it. Like I would want to eat as many different okay, so things. Pick a meal. What would you eat out of it? Well, you know, Pasta, you start with cereal. You get some macaroni kind of midday oh, going there you on. Go. Some KD. Yeah, I don't know ramen. You know, for dinner some soup in there and, and then you you know i'm oh, sure but it's it gonna look... start to taste gross if you can make every meal out of the same thing you know are well, you, you cleaning you'd it in probably want to wash it yeah <laughs> okay i mean unless no you'd probably want to wash it think of all the other people who've you know eaten you just want to you want to make sure that thing's clean uh ice cream in there would be great too you know bowl of popcorn i probably would just keep eating all day I'd just have this bowl <laughs> all day to eat from uh yeah all right and and i'd probably be just playing you know NHL imagining I had actually won this thing. Well, you would have won this thing in this scenario. Oh, I see. Let's go to you then. That's good, Braden. It's not very original, not very exciting. But what are you uh, talking about? Well, a lot of people have eaten out of it. I'll give you another yeah. chance. You can think about it a little bit more. Wow. Elliot, what would you do? So I think the first thing is the first thing I went to is what am I going to eat out of it? And I'd probably eat like we have this uh all of this oxtail soup that uh is like a Maltese um dish called Bradu. And so it would be really fun for like all my friends and family to come and we'd put like the soup in the cup and people could eat out of the mm. soup out of that. So, you know, there'd be like some, there's some symbology there, but also you get to do something cool and interesting and it would be fun and kind of unique. And then, you know, I think um, access to the Stanley Cup is really difficult, like unless you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame or you want it. 
it's very difficult to even get your picture taken with it. And so I think I would probably take it to like a charity or something. Either something Look at this guy, man of the people. Man of the people, exactly. So okay, so but here's the question. Do you do you take it there and just like let everybody hang out with it? Or do you just have like <laughs> do you do like a charity event with it? Be like, okay, we're gonna have like a three on three road hockey tournament with like kids from the neighborhood no. and the winning team gets the cup for the day. No, no, I think what you oh, do okay. is you die. That's a great idea. That's that, I do like that idea, but I think it was just, you know, you, you know, you pay and you get a photographer there and then you people could get our Polaroid with the with the Stanley Cup or picking That's it up. Good. Like I think that would be really cool to sort of take it to a place where people that wouldn't have access to it would get to see it. All right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Brayden, you want to try one more time or are you good on your first well, answer? Well, I mean, I was good on my first answer. I was quickly met with uh some opposition in that it wasn't it felt original. Like he could enough. have been more specific. No, you said original. I mean, I, I think I was as specific. How much more specific? KD, I guess, is exactly what kind of macaroni <laughs> I'm looking to have in there. Heinz ketchup, but we're not looking to advertise anymore on this uh, program. So I think uh, the 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 other thing that I think it was Kale McCarr went down on a boat on the boat, and I think it'd be fun to like be on a paddleboard or something floating down a river with, with the Stanley Cup. Um, but I don't know if you guys have seen the video of him going down the bow on the boat. It, it looked like he was strapped to the front of it, just holding the cup <laughs> with the <laughs> wind just blowing in his face. Yeah. Tiny little boat. Well, anyway, I guess we'll wait and see. if I hope that was original any- enough. Yeah. We'll wait and see if anyone has anything more uh, uh, unique than what we saw from Nazem Kadri. But for me, at least so far, that's the highlight of the Stanley Cup's uh, summer adventures. And every year it's a little different. Obviously, we've seen lots of different things with it. But uh, Hey, Jordan, we should invite our audience to you know, comment on. Uh, hey, that's a good one. And let us know. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. If you've got an idea, what would you do with the Stanley Cup for a day? Tweet us or, or, or send us a message on Instagram. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of good ideas out there. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who have thought about this before. Uh, but if you won the Stanley Cup for a day, what would you do with that? That's a good one. All right. Uh, let's leave it there. That's topic two. Hello, football fans and fans of the Ordinary Podcast Network. My name is Tyler Walzak. I am here with Puya Ricey, and we are starting a podcast called Running Down the Clock. Each week, we're going to bring to you a little bit of football talk, player news, controversies, headlines, all the big plays, and then football action that you can handle. On August 11th, we will be debuting our podcast, and we are going to break down each division of the NFL up until the season begins. And once that season begins, it is nonstop football talk every Thursday, for the rest of the season. We look forward to you listening to us on the Ordinary Podcast Network. We're going to end with hats off uh, because it's uh, it's one of our favorites to do. It's an easy one to, to, to take care of when you're in the summer and there isn't a lot to follow. Look, there's lots of baseball going on. Look, I, the Blue Jays were celebrating like the 30th anniversary or something of their 20th anniversary, yeah. 30th anniversary 30th. of their of their last World Series. But like they played so poorly. We can't really talk about them. So we'll, we'll get to baseball oh, again soon. Braden, don't worry. But let's do hats off right now. And I'm going to lead it off because mine is actually baseball related. Okay. It's a little closer to home for me. So in uh-huh. Seattle this weekend, um, Ichiro was inducted into the Mariners Hall of Fame. Um, obviously a very iconic player, played for the Yankees uh, as well. But for the Seattle, he's one of like the most sort of famous Mariners and, and, a, and a real hero. And they did something really cool for him. So before the game, they invited uh, the girl that's in 
probably one of his most famous highlights. He was running to catch a foul ball and he caught the foul ball, but in doing so, he sort of made contact with this fan in the first row. And she turns to her friend and she goes, Oh my God, Ichiro touched me. And then she loses her mind. Oh, I haven't She's seen crying this. and screaming and throwing her hands in the air. She was this teenage girl. She's so excited that Ichiro made contact with her. And it became oh like a viral gosh. meme and a viral sort of video at the time. <laughs> a lot of top 10 funniest. Anyway, they invited her to the game to throw out the first pitch. But little did she know that Ichiro was going to put on his entire Mariners outfit and then come out and catch the pitch. And she basically reacted the same way she did <laughs> 20 years ago when this incident occurred. And she was just as excited. She came out, she threw the pitch to him, and then she starts crying and she's throwing her hands in the air. He nice. signed the ball for her. They took a photo. It was really great. It was just awesome. I, hats off both to Ichiro for, you know, the honor of being inducted into their Hall of Fame, but equally to the Mariners organization for putting another great viral moment together uh, in sort of a tribute to that. It was awesome. So my hat's off to you, Ichiro, and the, and the Seattle. Mariners uh Elliot yeah that's a great video go back and watch it when you can it's it's really worth it um for me I, I I'm gonna just get tip my hat to the entire Canadian uh women's national hockey team who are currently right now playing in the world Championships. Uh, I fully appreciate that there is some very problematic things going on with hockey Canada um but one of the I would say unfortunate consequences of of how poorly that organization has responded to allegations of sexual violence is the women's game. Uh, and you can see it in attendance here in Denmark and, and in coverage and people engaging with it. And women's hockey has it hard enough as it is. Um, and, you know, right now they're engaged in a tournament. It's, it's their Stanley Cup uh, and it's very important to the women's game. So shout out to our Canadian women's team uh, going out there and, and uh, all the best to them in the tournament. That's a good one, Elliot. All right, bring us home, Braden. Who are you taking your hat off to? I'm going to follow in the footsteps of not being able to talk about baseball and continue the conversation and tip my hat to Mickey Mantle, the great, great New York Yankees baseball player who his uh, 1952 trading card just sold at auction for the record-breaking number of $12.6 million. His sophomore season, he was 22 years old. Um, that is the most, uh, that is the highest uh, uh, any sports item it has ever sold for at auction. And so congratulations, Mickey Mantle, for really standing the test of time. Your legacy is uh, still up and uh, thriving in 2022. <laughs> um, do you guys want to guess what the previous record was held at for, for, for uh, Wagner? Was it at the Hans Wagner? <clears throat> I can't guess because I looked at the article, so I know. I don't know who it was, so maybe you can shed light on that, Elliot. But the number was $7.1, $7.25 million. So what I had, oh, so maybe for the card, okay. Yeah. The, for the, the card. Yeah, the most expensive piece of memorabilia previous to this was $9.3 million for the jersey worn by Diego Maradona when he scored the contentious Hand of God goal in soccer's 1986 Cup. That's a very good one. And I don't know about how much it's valued at, but I also know that one of the most expensive recently, the one I would have guessed would have been the next one, was the Mark McGuire uh, 62nd home run ball, which is owned by a former Oilers ownership group todd mcfarland anyway that's a good one Brady. hats off to the commerce comet wherever you are 
thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Braden. Uh, another great summer edition of Hattrick in the books. We'll be back next week with much more. That was Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. It's produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Well, he's dead, hey? Make it, make it. That's yeah, why I said, yeah. wherever you are. <laughs> why would he be? Like, no, I am in the ground. <laughs> I'm like, aware he's dead. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.